Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk. Jack is with us on the line today in Kerry because I got your email, Jack, overnight. Um, tell us about the experience you had last night on the train. Andrea, um, so yeah, it was a very interesting, interesting commute from Dublin to Cahirzavine in County Kerry, where I lived last night. Um, I had to go to Dublin yesterday, kind of for a funeral um, of, of a, a, a relation. <clears throat> and as funerals go, you know, you're not sure when it's going to end, so I didn't book a return train. So I ended up getting the last train, which is the 7 o'clock train from Dublin to Killarney, which goes via Mallow when you change in Mallow. And this should have been a regular enough service straight down the line, home probably by about 12 o'clock by the time I'd done the hour and a half drive from Killarney to Cahirzavine. But the night turned into really what was almost like something out of like a Wild West film, where the train stopped in mid-tracks about three kilometres outside of Port Arlington, to which we had no idea what was going on, and the, the train driver had no idea what was going on, but he started to piece the story together for us as he got information, and a train in front of us had burst a water pipe and broken down, so we were stuck on the track, but there was no other train drivers available in Dublin to pull that other train out of the way, so we were essentially stuck behind a train, and there's only one track, so we had nowhere to go. So what happened was, in the end, they had to pull the Galway train that was coming behind us onto the wrong side of the tracks, drive it alongside our train, and they said, right, we'll move you all onto that train. And everyone kind of looked around like, but we're not on the platform. Like, how are we going to get from train to train? And they said, it's fine, lads. We'll use ramps. And everybody on the carriage just burst out laughing. And you could almost hear the driver, like, kind of chuckling. And so they had to deploy the ramps that they usually use for wheelchair users um, or, you know, people with large luggage to get onto the train were pushed between the two trains and everybody was escorted, like basically to walk the plank from train to train in the middle of the night. It was like, I mean, this was not the middle of the night, sorry. This was about, oh, we broke down at eight o'clock. By the time the Galway train came, I'd say it was about 10 o'clock. So we were two hours sitting there before we got any movement, loaded everybody on, and eventually we're all dumped then in Port Arlington Station by the people on this Galway so train. So the, the breakdown was, was on the, the Dublin side of Port Arlington on the way in, is that right? That's it. it was yeah. the, our train stopped about three kilometres outside of Port Arlington, stuck behind another train that had broken down. And yeah. we were then put onto, like they said, we walked the plank on these, these ramps across <laughs> the platform outside in the middle of the countryside, you know, Um and we eventually were left in Port Arlington where we, told, where we were told, okay, it's fine. There's another train coming now and that'll collect you. And I'd say an hour and a half later, all 400 of us standing on the platform in the rain and no sign of our next train coming down the tracks. And was the train station itself opened in Port Arlington? So the train station in Port Arlington, it was my first time there. I'm not sure if you've ever been. There's nothing there. I don't think there's even a vending machine there. So we had 400 people who were now already like two hours behind hungry, thirsty, there was no water, there was nothing. The, the toilets were open, thankfully. But um, there was really nothing there. There's nothing outside of the station in Port Arlington. But luckily, <laughs> they said, OK, the next train will be here in half an hour. But given the progress of the entire night, I figured that would be a little later. So I opened Google Maps and I saw the railway bar was only a two-minute walk down the road. So I snuck off there quietly and uh, had a little whiskey for myself in the railway bar, waiting for the next train before I went back. With loads of time to spare. But, had you, but did you know how long it was going to be before your, your next train came to collect you? We were told it would be at least half an hour. But by the way things had gone that night, I mean, you could multiply most yeah. of the weights by about four times. But it was, 
you know, like as much as it was an inconvenience, it was a wild day. Like it's 400 of us and it was such a, a, a spirit of kind of collectiveness. You know, we were all in this together and everyone was actually in good spirits. You know, there was no okay. one stressing. And I must say the staff were amazing, to be fair. Like the, the Irish rail staff thought it was as gas as everyone else did because everyone else on the train was like, it was almost like Irish Rail had never had a broken down train before. It was such pandemonium, you know, about what do we do? How will we get all these people here? Having no drivers to pull the broken down train out of the way, you know. It so we uh, no drivers to pull down the broken down train. Meanwhile, you wait for the Galway train to come along. It's moved on to the tracks alongside you. Planks are put in between the carriages on either side. People are walking across these ramps. Have I this right into the carriage? That train moves on. You're brought to Port Arlington. You're let off and let at the let off there at the train station. You stand there then till finally a train arrives at what time? Um, I think it was about, I think we arrived in Port Arlington eventually at about midnight, which is the time I had forecasted to be home in my bed in Cahersivine. And we were still in Port Arlington. And then what we found out then, when, we, when the, the, the train that was coming to get us, when that finally arrived, um, it was a train coming from Kildare, I think. Well, I sat down and the person, the one I sat down um, next to on the train, she was coming on this new train that was our saviour, you know, to rescue us. And she was told, <clears throat> because that train was supposed to be much smaller than the, the Dublin Cork train, that in their station, they had to change trains and were told to go get in the bus. And then they all left the station. And then they were told, oh, wait, no, come back. We just got a different train. So then they had a different train. So they were doing all this train hopping so that they could get a big enough train to accommodate all these extra people who were stranded in the dark and in the rain in Port Arlington. Um, so it was a... It was a wild, wild one. And, you know, luckily, like, you know, most people were fine, you know, thankfully, even all the elderly people who were on the train and there was a woman there with diabetes who there was a there was a kind of a search around the station in Port Arlington among people's own yeah. personal supplies. If anyone had Coca-Cola or sweets, just something to give her. Great. Yeah. There was nothing there for you, her. You, you, sound like you're, you, you sound like you're in good enough humour about the whole thing, though, Jack. Yeah, no, just at the end of the day, you know what I mean? When you look at what's happening in other parts of the world and how late, you know, the world is to, to helping the people of Gaza and, and things like that, that us all stranded on a train, the real, I must say, it was amazing to see the energy among everyone there was like, sure, isn't this a bit gas? And it's not that bad, but okay. fine. You know, St- like it was amazing actually yeah. to see. That was really, and even the two amazingly optimistic Cork women who I overheard sat next to me on the train who said, after we'd been sitting, so this was before we got stranded in Port Arlington and we'd been sitting on the train for two hours. And when we finally crossed the plank and they were standing like wedged into this smaller Galway train that was going to get us down to Port Arlington Station, they were like, I sure wasn't too bad. And one of them said, I, actually, I didn't mind sitting there at all. So it was grand. Imagine being stuck on the platform. <laughs> like, okay. They know. What time did you get home to Cahar Sabina then? <clears throat> I got home to Cahar Sabina in the end at uh, just before five o'clock this morning. In the morning. So the saviour yeah. train came and collected you and all was well in the end? So in the end, yes. Yeah. So in the end, what happened was, I think it was about, I'm trying to think, what time did we get out of Port Arlington? I'd say it was around one o'clock, maybe around between one and a half, okay. one by the time we okay. left Port Arlington. And you, you and got then, made your way down then. Well, well, Kathy's on the line as well. Um, st- stay with us, Jack, if you don't mind, because Kathy got in touch. Actually, Kathy was on the 7pm train from Dublin to Cork. She got in touch. She sent me in a voice note about the situation, what it was like at Port Arlington after being dropped off and when she was waiting there for the next train. When we got to Port Arlington, we literally got out onto the platform um, after a while the train drove off and we were there with absolutely no communication whatsoever freezing cold, it started to rain and 
uh, you know, we just huddled under a bike shelter there, but we were there for about at least minimum an hour and 40 minutes, absolutely frozen with the cold, when eventually the nine o'clock train, which was leaving Dublin and had departed late, stopped to pick us up. And I think by the time I got into the train, I felt like I had been in a fridge freezer. I was just absolutely ice cold. So was everybody else. And when we got on the train, we we um, were given a cup of tea. But one thing I'd love to say is actually when we were stopped in Port Arlington, we met the nicest young people who chatted to us and everybody was really, really friendly. Um, despite, you know, the horror of the, the cold and the situation and, and just not knowing when the next train was coming. So we were due into Cork at um, 21.45 and we arrived in at um, 2.30 uh, a.m. So we were four and a half hours delayed. Um, so, we, yeah, it was really the middle of the night when we arrived. Literally just the cold and the lack of communication at Port Arlington um, is, is what I felt was just the worst part of the whole experience. Um, and Ian Road Aaron did offer us, offer us a refund for our, the cost of our tickets, but it was I, I genuinely, I would say, just having no place to sit inside in Port Arlington, you know, no waiting room. Um, the fact that we were an hour and a half waiting at that hour of the night, pitch dark, raining, cold, and no train to come for an hour and a half or maybe an hour and 40 minutes was just not a pleasant experience. Just Cathy Ho eight seven fourteen hundred one oh six if you want to send us in a voice note as well. Brendan is on the line. Brendan, I believe you were on the uh, the Cork line last night. How was your experience? Look, I understand the sentiment of the call in relation to the people that were there on the train. Like you know it was everybody was upbeat, um we're Irish typically and we took this on the chin. But my big problem about it was that the communications that we were given by Aaron Road Aaron were false and they weren't honest, they were the untruths. Like on that train when we arrived in Port Arlington, uh, we were told that literally the, the Dublin train going to Cork, the one that left at nine o'clock, was going to pick us up. They left us standing in the rain in Port Arlington for, I'd say, an hour and 40. And I happened to call my wife to tell her I was going to be late. And then she said, how are things there? There was a girl a lady who had diabetes. Um, she was very unwell. So my wife called the emergency services. The ambulance w- w- was on its way. It was absolutely turmoil. Um, and uh, this morning, when you try to get answers, we just can't get them. And my problem about all of this is, yes, and actually I bumped into Jack because, again, I don't know him, but I remember meeting him there. Yeah. And it's all, it's all very fine, right? And... And we can we can compare it to you know other situations in the world, right? But that's leaving air mode air and after hook here, right? This is a very serious matter that was handled incorrectly by air road air. And my issue with them is they're not telling us the truth. And the truth is, right? They got their logistics wrong in relation to the the the, the, the way they left the other trains pass through to allow the train from Dublin, the second train, the nine o'clock, mm. to pick us up to bring us on. And I, I wish they would have said that, right? And we're not getting the truth from okay. them. Well, hang on. We'll, 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 we'll see, Brendan, if, if we, can, we can get to the bottom of it here because I've actually got Barry Kenny, who's their, their head of corporate communications with Irish Rail. Barry's with us on the line. Barry, just first of all, what happened last night? Why was there such chaos? Uh, well, before I get that, firstly, sorry. 
genuinely sorry to, to Jack, uh, uh, Brendan, uh, uh, to your callers about this and everybody that was affected. It was a dreadful delay, uh, uh, far longer than uh, people should be delayed even when a fault goes wrong. It was actually the 1900 train uh, that was, that had the fault uh, with the locomotive. Uh, that is obviously being being fully investigated, but it, it does look like a, a, a cool and sealer uh, fault, which basically brought the train to a halt uh, between uh, Manus Trevent and Port Arlington, say about three kilometres outside Port Arlington. In that situation, we obviously have a few options in terms of how we address that. You can have an assisting locomotive. It, it is, is uh, to push the train uh, out of the way that wasn't uh, immediately available. As a result, uh, we had two trains directly behind. One was a very small train that wasn't going to be able to facilitate a train to ta- train transfer, whereas the 1935 Houston to Galway was. I would say that while I appreciate it, it's something that happens rarely and, and would have been very unusual to the, the customers involved. Our staff are actually trained in, in doing this for, for emergency situations. Is this, sorry, Barry, just to explain, this, this yeah. is, as Jack described it, this is the Galway yeah. train pulling up alongside the yeah. Dublin-Houston 9pm train and people walking across this plank into the carriage. Yeah, the, no, no, sorry, the 7pm Houston to Cork train, the 7.35 uh, Houston to Galway was the train that pulled alongside and that's done in a controlled manner because obviously we can't have people going from every carriage well, straight over. Thought, yeah. Our staff, yeah, our staff are there to assist people over. Obviously some people will need uh, assistance and that's, it, it takes time. It takes time in terms of get, getting the train into that section. There's not to get into the technicalities of it but there's signalling control and there's permissions to have the train coming on the wrong track for obvious safety reasons uh, and then there's the control of bringing people over. There were so many people, there was about 300 uh, on the Houston to Cork service and then going on to the 1935, we also had to move that Galway train forward a little bit to accommodate people on different sections of the train. We then brought people to the to Port Harlington, uh, uh, as was described there. Uh, the nine o'clock train that was behind again had to come into this section, which would have caused quite a lot of further delay uh, in the opposite direction. Uh, I, I, I do understand that people were given the impression that that would be along in quite short order. That was an error on, a, on, a, on uh, our part in the information. It wasn't people trying to mislead anybody. I think uh, you know, we had two staff that were at Port Harrington Station doing their best to get around to everybody uh, to tell them what was happening. But, you know, we, we, you don't want to mislead people in this situation, uh, but ultimately what we did was we, we had a, an engine at that point to push the failed train out of the way and the 2100 train from Houston to Cork then came along behind. So it would have been about, I think, 10.45 the people would have got to Port Harrington Station um, uh, 10.48 fact to, to, to be precise uh, and then uh, the following train would have arrived into uh, Port Harrington about quarter past 12. Barry, could I could you not mm-hmm. have just got a couple of buses to collect people at we Port Harrington yeah, train we, stations? We, we, Absolutely. Rather than leaving we, them there we, for an hour and a half. Yeah, we, we, we looked for buses. Uh, we looked for buses earlier on uh, in the disruption. Indeed, this wasn't the only train. I would I suppose, extend the apology to people that were on other trains that were affected, albeit not to the same extent. So, for example, we would have had a bus arranged from uh, people who were travelling from Cork to Tralee uh, at Mallow because that uh, train was delayed. Uh, but we tried very early in this to get buses uh, for that, both uh, at Kildare for trains in the opposite direction and at Port Harrington. Uh, that wasn't possible, uh, and so we continue to make the arrangements to get the train in place. Look, it was a, it was a dreadful delay. It went on for too long, as well as refunding people. Anybody who booked online, they'll be refunded automatically. We will also issue them with, with additional vouchers as well. I know that's... So they'll get a refund. Everybody on the, 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 the 7 o'clock and 7.35... Yeah. 
If you booked online, you get it automatically. If you didn't book online, contact us uh, uh, directly uh, and we'll, as I say, they'll be refunded and also uh, we will give additional vouchers. I know it's cold comfort. It was, as I say, it was a dreadful delay. Uh, I'm grateful, I suppose, to, 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 you know, the people were, you know, I suppose they, they helped our our colleagues in the fact that they were in, in good spirits. And I agree with Ben. That's, that's, no, that's not to let anybody off the hook. It, it, it was it was very helpful in keeping the situation calm, I think, but uh, I think everybody. though, Barry, yeah. the, the, the big yeah. criticism from, from any of the emails I had this mm. morning from people who were on the, the trains last night and, and from Cathy there and, and Brendan in particular was yeah. was the lack of information because like you're after giving us a, a very detailed account and loads of information there that I'm sure yeah. had people have heard this along the way last night would have made yeah. sense and people under understand and very reasonable but I suppose it's it's the lack it's the void of information at 10.45 last yep. night is what frustrates people it, it does and as I say we did we did have uh, two colleagues that, uh, from the train and from the station that were on the platform but there was a big crowd obviously a, a very large crowd there uh, working through them and it's look I've got the cold light of day to be able to gather this information there in real time, trying to manage a situation and trying to help uh, people to their destination. So it is a little bit easier for me today. But uh, but we will be reviewing all of this because, you know, while these things happen very, very rarely, thankfully, when they do happen, we need to do better. Are you satisfied, Jack? You'll be able to get a refund on your on your ticket? Yeah, it sounds like that exactly, definitely. And look, I suppose just as well, you know, I definitely gave maybe a cheerier account there and Brendan really probably put it into perspective. And I guess the big thing is that, you know, we really hope, I think, and everybody shared the sentiment last night, that we really hope Irish Rail will look at its stations and look at how are these stations equipped to deal with, like, issues like this. There was no, like, every Irish Rail station should at a minimum have a refill water station, like I know they are in the bigger stations, but every station should have that. Like last night, people stranded for hours with no water, no food. You know, every station should have facilities. And Port Arlington is a busy station. It's a big station. And there's no more than like a a bus shelter or kind of a, a thing to stand on. That's fair enough, you know, Barry, no, isn't it? Surely you can get a yeah, couple we, of vending we, machines. We, 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 yeah, we, we did bring uh, water onto the train at both Port, Port Leash and Limerick Junction uh, en route as well. Uh, and then we we had staff at, at, at Cork and at other stations just to assist people onwards with, with taxis as well. But uh, look, as I say, uh, the, the feedback that, that, that Jack, Cathy and Bernie are giving, the feedback we'll get from customers, our own review, we, w- we will look at all this uh, to do better. As I say, uh, I, I am grateful for uh, our staff who are on the ground helping people directly. Uh, on the night itself but we need to help them Sandra's got in touch plenty of you getting in contact about this Sandra says just to say the 10 past 10 train to Port Leash was also badly affected by this instead of being home at just after 11 I wasn't home until 1 o'clock um, texts are given out to me buses really is a suggestion there's no spare buses just hanging around waiting for incidents like this we've no drivers at that time of the day drivers have probably used their allotted hours for the day or maybe they've had a drink off shift drivers and buses they're not just lying around and available willy-nilly, Andrea, says this texter. Another listener says CIE responded as best they could. Get over it. A minor inconvenience, not a major tragedy. 87 106 is the WhatsApp number, as always, if you want to get in touch with us. Uh, thanks to all of our listeners, Jack, uh, Brendan, Barry Kenny there too from Irish Rail. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Weekdays at midday. Brought to you by Active Iron on News Talk.